Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grace. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday School Hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. All right, thank you so much for listening today. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry from Liberty Baptist Church. And we're hoping to be a blessing to you today. We appreciate you listening so much. And I would just like to share a few things with you today. I have a lot I want to try to cover. and uh, But I have some jokes that I know I can't pass up. It's what y'all wait for. Sometimes I wonder if it's what you listen for. But uh, anyway, so to please those who listen for just listen for the jokes, here you go. This one, you're going to have to think a little bit. I had to read it like three times before I got it. But I just might be slow, but it's a man talking to a lawyer. The man asks, how much do you charge? The lawyer says, I get $50 for three questions. The man says, that's awful steep, isn't it? Lawyer, yes, it is. What's your final question? Anyway, I'll, we'll see if you all got that one. I don't want to, I'm not going to explain it, but it did. It took me a few times. But, uh, you know, I love, the elderly. Uh, I, I, I don't hope you all don't think I'm making fun of old people when I do these next few jokes, but these ones are kind of centered around our seasoned citizens, and I do, I do appreciate old people. One of these days, uh, I'm going to be one unless I die early. People tell me all the time, you know, Brother Tommy, don't get old, and I always respond with, I'm working on it, but... Every year, I get another year older, and I haven't figured out how to stop the process. I'd like to just stay the age I'm at right now, but uh, it's not looking good. i got another birthday coming up before too long, so I'm still trying to figure out how to stay the same age. When I figure that out, I'll pass it on. But anyway, reporters interviewing a 104-year-old woman asked, What do you think is the best thing about being 104? She simply replied, No peer pressure. I guess I could. That makes sense. Uh, one fellow said, "I've sure gotten old. I've had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, new knees, fought prostate cancer and diabetes. I'm half blind, can't hear anything quieter than a jet engine. Take 40 different medications that make me dizzy, uh, winded, and subject to blackouts. I have bouts with dementia. Also, I have poor circulation, hardly can feel my hands and feet anymore. Can't remember if I'm 85 or 92." Have lost all my friends, but thank God, I still have my driver's license. And I think I've seen met some of those folks before out on the road. But anyway, uh, last one I'll give you. An elderly woman decided to prepare her will and told her preacher that she had two final requests. First, she wanted to be cremated. And second, she wanted her ashes scattered over Walmart. Walmart, the preacher exclaimed. Why Walmart? Then I'll be sure my daughters visit me twice a week. Well, anyway, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that. But I hope uh, that was some satisfactory humor for you today. And for those who uh, listen for the jokes, I hope you will continue to listen. As we go to the Word of God right now, I hope you wouldn't listen just for the jokes. I'm going to try to guilt you here a little bit. I hope you want something spiritual too. And so anyway, let's go to Acts chapter 6. 
and verse 7. And I've got several scriptures I'm going to go over today, but uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. All right, so right here we see a statement made that the word of God increased. What does that mean exactly? Because we see that quite a bit in the book of Acts. Acts 12.24 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. Uh, chapter 19 18, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. What does that mean? The word of God growing, the word of God increasing. What does that mean? Okay, because uh, we live in a world today that I believe the Word of God is decreasing. I believe in our country the Word of God is decreasing. And what does that mean? Am I talking about these new translations of the Bibles that keep leaving verses out? No, I'm not talking about decreasing that way. Uh, you know, I'm talking basically what I'm talking about or what I believe the Bible is talking about when it talks about the Word of God increasing, it means there were more people doing the Word of God. and They were doing what the Bible said to do. And I want to show you some things I, to help illustrate this and to help show you that that's what it means for the Word of God to increase because we need an increase of the Word of God in our country. And you know what? In the Sterling Rock Falls area, we need the Word of God increased greatly. It is the only thing that will make a difference. You know, I'm getting sick and tired of all this talk of who the next politicians are going to be and how we've got to get these certain leaders if we're going to change things in our country. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It does not start with the politicians. It ends with the politicians. God's people need to be doing the right thing first. If we will get right, if we will do what we're supposed to do, if we will increase the Word of God, the other things will fall into place later. The politicians will come around when the people do, they are not leaders. They are followers. They go with the flow. It doesn't start with them. It ends with them. And don't forget that or I'll preach that message again. But anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You know, most people today are trying to find reasons, trying to find excuses for why they don't have to obey the Bible. Especially many of the Old Testament things. They're looking for excuses. They try to find excuses in the Bible not to obey these. Even though in the New Testament, Jesus taught that the one who obeys the least commandments, those that are least mentioned, maybe the, the ones that the least emphasis are put on, those are going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yet people today are looking for every excuse they can to not obey the Bible. Many will try to say it's outdated. They will try to say that doesn't apply today. Things have changed. But let me tell you, the Word of God does not change. Okay, Maybe your translation has, but the real Bible does not change it stays the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. 
And you know what? This world doesn't really change either. This world's always been wicked. And it's just there's a lot more false prophets, false Christians, people who say they are Christians, people who say they are Bible believers that are doing exactly what the world does. The truth is uh, the world has never changed. There's just a lot more professing Christians out there that are just as lost as Adam's house cat. It's one way to put it. And we need to learn to ignore those people and follow what the Bible says. But they do. We try to find excuses for not obeying the Word of God. And there are no excuses, okay? We need to obey the Bible. Colossians um, 2.8. We're going to go there in just a second. But, you know, many people, especially in the Old Testament, okay, a lot of the moral law that we see in the Old Testament, I believe it, it still applies today. People are always trying to find excuses saying, you know, that's Old Testament. That's completed as an excuse not to obey some of the things, you know, considering concerning adultery, fornication, things like that. Even though the New Testament talks about those things quite a bit too, they will try to use that. And the truth is, the only thing that was completed in the Old Testament was the ceremonial law. You know, the feast and the sacrifices, those things were completed by Jesus Christ. Now there is a movement today of people trying to bring back those Old Testament practices, trying to bring back the Old Testament feast, and you need to reject those teachings, you need to reject those people. Uh there's you know there's people out there that say Christians shouldn't eat bacon, okay? Because God told the Jews not to eat pork. But Colossians 2:8 says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay, there's, uh, in the New Testament times, there were people saying you have to be circumcised to go to heaven. And the Bible teaches that no, our circumcision, it's one, it's of the heart, it's one made without hands, it's not a carnal ordinance. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Jesus fulfilled those ceremonial things when he was on the cross. He nailed them to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. People are trying to bring back the Sabbath, saying you have to go to church on Saturday instead of Sunday. Wrong. The Bible says, let no man judge you in that. Those things were completed by Jesus Christ. He nailed them to his cross. But however, there's no place in the Bible where you can find where he did away with the moral law. We should still be keeping those things. Okay, Thou shalt not steal still applies today. Thou shalt not commit adultery. All those, they still apply. Don't ever forget that. And the truth is, for Christians, God even holds us to a higher standard. Not only are we supposed to obey the law, but we're supposed to obey the spirit of the law. 
Okay, Matthew 5, 27, ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. See, that that's a higher standard right there. Not only are you not supposed to do it in the flesh, you're not supposed to even do it in your heart. So, keep that in mind. He did not do away with it. In fact, he's holding us at a higher standard. Now, obviously, that's not conditional for salvation. But at the same time, it's still a sin. And God expects us to obey those laws. That's how we increase the Word of God. But many Christians are like spoiled rich kids that know they can do whatever they want. And when they get in trouble, Daddy's going to bail them out every time. And we think we can completely disregard certain parts of the law and that God's going to make sure nothing happens to us. And that's wrong. You know, There are blessings and there are curses. Many people, everyone believes in the blessings, but a lot of people don't believe in the curses and they're all over the place in the Bible. And when it, come, when it comes to blessings or curses, you know, is it God choosing to bless or curse us? Or is it because we obey or disobey the Word of God? Now, I'm going to, might get a little deep here. I hope I don't, I hope I don't lose you or get lost myself. But when bad things happen to us or when good things happen, when we're blessed or cursed, is it God right then and there choosing to bless or curse us? Or is it some result of us obeying or disobeying the Word of God. And I believe the truth is, it's the same thing. You see, in John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, And Jesus Christ, the Bible says, you know, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ was God, is God. Okay, He became flesh and dwelt among us. In Revelation 19, we see Jesus Christ, when He's returning to defeat the armies of the world, He hath a name written on His vesture and on His thigh, His name, the Word of God, it's mentioned. Okay, So, the Word of God and Jesus Christ and God, they're all essentially the same thing. You know, Why did John call Jesus the Word of God? Okay, And really, the reason is, is because Jesus did everything that there was to do in the law. He fulfilled every little detail. Romans 8.3, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Jesus Christ completed it. The Old Testament, the New Testament, it's all about Jesus Christ. You and I haven't obeyed all those laws. We haven't fulfilled those laws. Jesus did. If you, like myself, can say that I know I'm on my way to heaven, okay? we're not saying it because we think we're good or we've fulfilled the law. It's because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. And His Word says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And if you put your faith and trust in Him, in the Word of God, then you can know that you're on your way to heaven, not because of our works, but because of His. Our Bible, it's all about Jesus Christ. You know, that's why I don't understand a lot of these religious leaders that are teaching that, you know, people can get to heaven, you know, through other gods than Jesus Christ. Say we're all essentially worshiping the same God. That's not true. There's one God, and there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and we need to just start believing the Bible on this. 
Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus Christ, He's the one that paid for our sins. He's the one that fulfilled the law. He's the one that completed those feasts and those um, ceremonial laws. He's the one that finished it. Okay, And without Jesus Christ, the Word of God is of no effect. Mark 7, verse 13 says, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such things like things do ye. You see, the word of God is of no effect without obedience. And Jesus Christ, he was obedient to every bit of it. And as a result of that, the ceremonial law was completed because Jesus Christ obeyed it. Had he not obeyed it, it would have been of no effect. It wouldn't have accomplished anything. And we'd all be on our way to hell today. But he did complete it. Okay, And we can make the Word of God of no effect. We can decrease it by not obeying it. See, God is bound by His own Word. Many times there's things that we pray for, and if God were to answer them, He would be going against His own Word. And God doesn't just answer our prayer according to His power. He answers our prayers according to His holiness. Whatever he does, he is going to maintain his holiness. He's going to, and to maintain his holiness, he must keep his promises that he gave in his word, the word of God. Yes, God is powerful enough to just wipe out all of your enemies, but you know what? That may not be according to his holiness. It may not be according to his perfect will, so he will not answer that prayer because he answers according to his holiness, not according to his power, and that's very important thing you need to remember. But the Word of God, it will only affect your life in a positive way when you obey it. Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Okay, And this doesn't mean that we can make other people do whatever we want by using the Word of God, but it means in our own life, if we obey the Word of God, God's will will be accomplished in our life. Okay? What God wants His Word to accomplish, it will accomplish it. And therefore, in one sense, when you disobey the Word of God, it, you know, in one sense, it's not God up on His throne thinking, alright, I'm going to throw a curse at them now. Okay? When you broke the law of God, when you disobeyed God, the curse was already there. It was already pronounced back when God gave His Word. It's always been there. You know, you think, oh, God's against me. Why is God doing this to me? Hey, God's Word's been around for a long time. It's been around since before you were born. If you would have obeyed it, you'd have got the blessing. But you disobeyed it, you got the curse. See, and reading the Bible, listening to preaching, all of that, it's only beneficial when you obey it. Luke eleven twenty eight. but he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. Many people go to church during the week and they hear good Bible preaching. They hear the truth. But then they go their own way during the week and they disobey it. They don't do what they are supposed to do. They'll hear the preacher get up and he'll preach a message against sin and there'll be two people that hear the exact same thing. One will obey the Word of God. One will disobey. Well, the one who's blessed is the one who heard it and kept it. The one who increased it, I guess you would say you could say. He actually did what he was supposed to do. Many people today are, are spending their time 
trying to prove who believes the Bible more. Okay, you know that we have that argument a lot of times. You know who believes the Bible the most, uh, but I believe that the one that God is most pleased with is the one who's obeying the most. Okay, everybody says you know that they believe the Word of God, that they believe all of it. I mean, I think if we went and did a poll here in town and asked preachers, especially, hey, how many of you believe the Word of God? Well, they're all going to say, yeah, I believe the Word of God, and we could all have a contest and get an argument about who believes it the most, but. What really matters is not who says they believe it the most. It's the one who's actually obeying it. The one who's doing what it says. Jesus At Luke 4.4, 4, Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And Luke 8.21, And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Okay? And so the reason I believe that we don't see works today like the Christians saw in the book of Acts is because the Word of God is being decreased. And it's not through the so-called translations of the Bible that keep leaving verses out or changing things around, but it's by God's people not obeying the Word of God. Okay? And if we're going to increase the Word of God, if we're going to accomplish anything, this the Bible that we have is an amazing book. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. But if it's just sitting on your desk collecting dust, it's not going to accomplish anything. And even if you're reading your Bible, even if you're memorizing your Bible, I mean, you could know the Bible better than anybody in town. You could blow everybody away in all the Bible trivia contests. You can quote more Bible than anybody. But if you're not obeying it, if you're not doing what it says, you're not accomplishing anything. And our desire as Christians should be to do the law of God. We ought, we ought to want to do it. We ought to try to follow it. I mean, there are many things in the Bible that, you know, they're, they're Bible principles. You know, the Bible doesn't spell out what to do for every single situation, okay? I mean, you know, for example, a lot of people today struggle with road rage, okay? All right, well, obviously they didn't have road rage like we do in the Bible. They didn't have cars and stuff back then. But you know what? There's plenty of principles that you can follow. You know, a lot of verses about anger. You know, be angry and sin not. You know, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. There's a lot of principles. You know, um, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. You know, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. I think there's a lot that we can use in that. It talks about taking care of your animals. But I believe also today we can apply that because the animals they had back then, I mean, that was their livelihood. That was, uh, you know, that cow was their tractor that they had, you know, so they could plow their fields. And God told them, hey, take care of it. Okay. Well, I think we ought to take care of the things that we have today. Okay. And I think we can take those principles and apply them to our life, we ought to look for ways that we can obey these things. Look for scriptures that can be a help to us. Not look for excuses. That's what everyone wants to do today. I mean, there are so many churches today, they won't touch most of the, much of the Bible with a 10-foot pole. You know, it's too controversial. It's not what people want to hear. But listen, every bit of the Word of God, it's good. You know, the, word of, the, the Bible says the Word of God, you know, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what we need today are people that will go out and increase the Word of God. People that will live it. You can know all the verses in the Bible about church attendance. You can quote, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, as a manner of some is. 
But if you don't actually go to church, well, it's not going to do any good. You can know verses like, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But it's not going to do anybody a bit of good until you go and take the gospel to someone. You need to obey it. Not just know it. Not just hear it. You know, when you go to church, you ought to go to church. It's a great thing. You ought to listen to the preaching. But it's not enough to just listen. You've got to take what you heard and you've got to apply it to your life. You've got When you read your Bible, you need to see those commandments and not just learn them so you know them and so you can quote them. You've got to actually do them. That is what increasing the Word of God is. Jesus Christ, He proved who He was and He is called the Word of God because He did everything the Word of God said to do. When you look at the Old Testament, man, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's so clear when we read the Gospels. And it's so clear as we when we go back and look at those laws that, hey, that's talking about Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Yeah, Jesus did that. He completed those. He fulfilled those laws. You can see how the sacrifices and all their feasts, they all pointed to Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ did come to earth and He's obeying everything God told Him to do, it's so clear that the Word of God's always been about Jesus Christ. And today, we can increase the Word of God like the disciples by taking the things that He taught taught them and us obey them and apply them in our lives. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about perfecting the love of God. You know, how do you perfect the love of God? Isn't God's love, you know, complete in and of itself? But the truth is, the way we perfect the love of God is when we take that love that God gave us and we show it to someone else. That's increasing love. That's increasing God's love. Okay, Because God's love that He gives us, He wants it to accomplish something in our lives. And what He wants it to accomplish is He wants it, His love to us to cause us to show love to others. And that's what we need to do. Start obeying these things. Increase the Word of God. That is what is going to make the difference. And I hope you'll do that. So thank you so much for listening to this. I hope this was a help to you. Get out there and get busy increasing the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.